Hey, welcome to The Jig Is Up. My name is Darcy. And uh, before we get to today's conversation, I wanted to let you all know that if you want to show your support for the show uh, and help keep us advertisement-free, then head over to our Patreon page, and there you can pledge anywhere from a dollar and up. Uh, what you get for that is you get exclu- uh, access to exclusive content. You get uh, There's rewards there for pledging, and depending on how much you pledge. And also, lately, we've been posting a weekly blog on there, so you can check that out as well. Um, so feel free to head over there. The, the, the link will be in the description of the show. Um, and now, on to the show. We uh, I had a chance to head up to Fort McMurray and... Uh, sit down with a few of the community members up there and just have a chat with them about, uh, you know, the history of Moccasin Flats and the future of their community. So I hope you guys enjoy. Here's uh, my conversation with the people up in Fort McMurray. All right, well, welcome to The Jig is Up. And uh, I'm joined here today by Gail and Bill. And we're up in Fort McMurray and we're going to be talking about Moccasin Flats and a little bit of history there. And uh, yeah, so just uh, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, Gail. Oh, yes. Hi. Thank you. Um, thank you for ha- uh, having this interview with us for the Jigs is up, Jig is Up. Yep. Um, interested in saying my little bit about the Moccasin Flat era. My name is Gail Gallup. Um, I was uh, brought to Fort McMurray in 1966 with my dad, uh, George, and my mom, Bertha. Uh, my, my maiden name is Clark. I uh, settled down, went to the old Peter Pond High School. I worked at the Fort Theater for almost three years, something about 50 cents an hour, I think. (laughs) Big money for me (laughs) and a job. And so I was very happy to live in Fort McMurray coming from a farm where we didn't have access to the stores and such. Um, I enjoyed a lot of time at the SNI, I might say, because as teenagers, we would often go down there. We'd take a big ghetto blaster and set it up on the uh, docks and we'd go swimming those of us brave enough to um uh stand the waters of the of the sny (laughs) it was a great place for us to meet and um so i really loved the pristine wilderness down there and the beauty of it and that is the part that i think most upset me when they put up the uh, synchro towers uh later on um i did settle down in fort mcmurray i met my husband here who's whose um, own grandmother, Granny um, Mary Rose LaCord, lived um, down at the Sny area. So I would often go and visit her and have a cup of tea with her. Uh, she loved her tea, and she'd always try to feed us and uh, some fish that she'd caught and uh, cooked. And she was just really liked her. She had a very humble place to live. Um, some mm-hmm. people might call it a shanty nowadays because it was just made out of... Um, um, clapboards and mm, yeah. very put up, but it, it it housed her, it housed her bed and a little kitchen area and a little living room area, and it was just all open, much like the, a cabin would be. Um, so she did um, go to Fort Mackay. She still did a lot of visiting in Fort Mackay and hunting, as she told us stories when mm-hmm. I visited her. And she um, she was a Métis, very um, a lot of Indigenous or um, uh, I guess what you call Indian blood in her. She was used to the nomadic way, and so she would go away in the in the winter and mm-hmm. do trapping, and then in the summer when she could come back and it was warm enough, she'd go back to her little house along the Sny. Um, I believe a Pat shot also that was Sonny's uncle, married to his um, uh, Mary Rose's daughter, 
uh, lived there, and uh, he was more vocal about uh, because all of a sudden they were told that they they were to be moving, and she really didn't have any place to move to. You mm-hmm. couldn't buy land uh, from Fort McMurray. My dad tried when he came up here, and they and the town was really quite hanging on to it. Oh, okay. Um, there were a lot of big um, land holders in Fort McMurray in those days because I happened to have um, have been uh, working with the town um, in the town at the time as a young um, just graduated from uh, Alberta Vocational School and I was a secretary. Mm-hmm. So I did work there and I saw the the many holdings that just on a few particular people did hold in yeah. those areas of town and you couldn't buy anything hmm. because people did try to buy down at the cl- at the Clearwater and the Sny area and they were saying, oh no, you can't because you'll be flooded out and it, yeah, we can't sell this. But they oh. end up developing there themselves. So, <laughs> How you know, convenient. How convenient, yeah. So I think there was a lot of under underhanded uh, maybe... Um, deals that went on in those days which we wouldn't mm-hmm. have any knowledge of however it was quite shocking what did happen eventually they um they were told to move if they and they were offered uh they would get some help to be to move and such but there were people who had better houses than mary rose lacord mm-hmm. and they didn't want to leave um yeah. such as pat shot and them and i i don't know all the names of the families but a mm-hmm. lot of people here do elmer winnie andy remembers it quite clearly um, Bill Lude, it will talk about it. Um, I myself do remember it quite clearly. Um, there was even a little petition that um, was garnered to get names to stop the progress of uh, them mowing those houses down. Wow. Uh, it didn't go, but uh, they tried. Uh, I remember my little my little um, sister-in-law, she could have been more than 14, 15, and they had her out getting signatures for this petition. Connie wow. Clark, she still remembers that. As does her other sister, Patsy. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the uh, family of Mary Lowe's, Rose LaCord on, on my uh, former husband's family has passed away. But um, they were very much impacted. Um, their uncle, Pat, I do believe he was one of the ones that ended up in jail for protesting this um, development. Oh, wow. Yes. So it wasn't pretty. And yeah. uh, we didn't have any new, new news coverage coming from, say, Edmonton, Calgary, mm-hmm. any of the bigger centers. This is yeah. all kept here. And uh, it hit our little McMurray today, however. Um, but um, I, I missed the fact they did bulldoze those houses down and yeah. dislocated, uh, displaced everybody. Yeah. And some did, you know, eventually get someplace to live, but it was never the same for them. Yeah, yeah. Never Absolutely. the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can imagine it's like a third world country. They come to your house and say, you can't live there anymore because we want the property. And yeah. that's pretty much was a, what happened. Wow. So, to me, they were more forced than they were um, left willingly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. They were like evicted, even though they weren't tenants. Yeah. And yes, it's been known that our Métis um, relatives in the past were what we know as uh, roadside allowance people, mm-hmm. because we weren't given land. We weren't yeah. recognized by the Constitution, which we are the last four years, when they yeah. finally made it a Supreme Court mandate that Section 35 would welcome us as as from the past um people that should have been acknowledged and mm-hmm. um, given some land compensation. So uh, we didn't get it, and, and, and you had to live where you could live. For sure, yeah. They weren't welcome on the reserves. They weren't welcome in a white man settlement. They yeah. were very ostracized. Even though my um, great-great-grandpa, uh, Louise and Houle, fought uh, during the rebellion, um, he was an interpreter, 
And um, because he could speak so many languages, yeah. the Cree, the French, the Machif, and uh, English. And so, you know, the forgotten people, they really um, lost a great person when they lost Louis Riel, of course. And that's when a lot of them did move um, north in, mm-hmm. into the Peace River country in, in Alberta. Yeah. Um, it was, a, th- this topic was kind of buried for years. Nobody really brought it up once the deed was done and the building was erected and the people moved in there. But it was a horrible building too. It was all concrete. You oh. take, a, take a ride down there and see. <laughs> it's not very pleasant. After yeah. being used to such a beautiful landscape down there and then yeah. see these great big concrete towers rise up there. Wow. Not very nice, right? Yeah. So um, I wasn't too impressed with the planning department at that time. Yeah. Um, we... we we started these talks just because of the um, recent Truth and Reconciliation um, program that has been um, mm-hmm. brought forward. Yeah. And the town, actually, the RMBW here approached us to um, get get some more information. So we are now doing a fact-finding report. Okay. We've hired two uh, very educated professional people yeah. to do that for us. So I'll pass the <laughs> mic over to, to Bill. I'm sure. sure he has other things yeah, to relate sure. to. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Gail. <clears throat> and uh, thank you, Darcy, for allowing us to uh, uh, give you our input on yeah, this yeah, uh, subject. Eh? Um, my name is Bill Luden, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of uh, the McMurray Metis. And it was through this um, uh, position in that uh, I, I got to uh, uh, push our vision and uh, work towards getting it. Uh, and and our vision is uh, about being uh, at some point a land claim will will happen for the Métis Na- Nation up in this area. Mm-hmm. So of course uh, during our discussions, uh, uh, one of our actually um, uh, academics that has worked with us on different research, he, he came to us with this idea that uh, he wanted to do his thesis on. Uh, you know, a land uh, issues in the Fort McMurray area. Okay. So, in, and of course, the Moggason Flats was always a, a, a story that was out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really wanted to do some research on it. And, you know, we, we talked it over and we thought, hey, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we should put some uh, resources to it to ensure that it would be ready by September. Yeah. And uh, and we definitely have all the people that uh, we, we could uh, get for him to interview. Mm-hmm. So, of course, um, uh, he, he jumped on it because, like I said, he, you know, no opportunity yeah. that to do a thesis and have a community behind you as it's being done. Absolutely. And, of course, our, uh, our biggest uh, thing was, uh, you know, there's been stories, you know, from both sides uh, for years on this, and yeah. uh, we wanted to get to the facts. Yeah. You know, we know there's something happened. But, uh, you know, you, you get over the years, stories change and that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you could dig right down to the, the newspaper clippings and uh, and uh, just the land transfers. and For sure, but, yeah. So we needed all those facts before we, uh, you know, even talked to the municipality. Mm-hmm. And and was great because the municipality wanted to know about this stuff too. You know, they got, uh, you know, uh, volumes of uh, uh, information on this. And... You know, they were right out front with us and they said, you know, call this in with their legal department. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, you know, here's all the stuff that we've had. And uh, we, we certainly want to share this with you guys because uh, we like to get to the facts too. And, yeah. you know, with the 
the whole thing about this truth and reconciliation, you know, they want to do their part with the truth. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can figure out reconciliation later when all the facts are on the table. Yeah. I know that there's uh, not only Métis in that region, there was uh, First Nations also. Mm. And we want to get down to that too, because there is still families that, uh, that are around, yep. th- that were impacted. Okay. And, uh, you know, if there's any way that we can somehow um, uh, get to the point where there's, a, there's an apology and some type of uh, a reconciliation that these families that uh, are still around can, um, you know, uh, feel a little bit uh, relieved and, and mm-hmm. that there's been acknowledgement. So of course, um, you know that's that's what we're on. Um, we're, we're on a tight time timeline, um, and you know everybody's uh, been moving ahead with getting people interviewed. Just this uh, last week, we were in Edmonton okay. uh, for a regional council meeting, and you know we were very fortunate that the president uh, from Fort Chip, Métis, yep, actually was born there in a tent. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so wow. so they were one of the families, the McDonalds. Yeah. Uh, that were uh, impacted and you know you can really see this when we bring this up in our meetings you know you can feel the the this you know the the feeling of people being hurt eh? yeah and uh you know it brings tears to people's eyes yeah, still yeah. to this day eh? what, what happened absolutely yeah. and uh you know there's there's like i said there's an opportunity for us to um you know give resolve some of that that Mm-hmm. you know we're there for that and uh you know like there's there's others that have you, you'll see pictures in the old pictures where there's a guy on the megaphone there um you know uh trying to rally yeah you know they they were out there actually standing in front of the cat trying to you know wow. so so this is really uh important stuff and he was yep. at this you know we got the chance to um uh interview him they got some very good information because there was also the media that was there, uh, and uh, they they're looking for the the contact. The guy's older now, but they said mm. he's still alive, and and uh, wow. he he has uh, reels of information that if they can uh, pull that back, that would be great. Yeah. Now, when when we talk about Moxon Flat, like um, I think people get the impression this happened a hundred years ago, but this was actually quite recently, relatively, right? R- relatively recently, like uh, myself. Uh, my my grandmother lived just about a block down the road where the where the, where the Boston Pizza is today. Yeah. Uh, but there was another issue there. They they expropriated uh, a whole block of uh, Métis in that region. Wow. Uh, you know, for the purpose of they said that it was a road going through. Yeah. And uh, once they got all the lots, then they turned the road and actually made uh, that into a commercial district. <laughs> so, you know, there's, nice. there's a lot of those issues. There, there also yeah. happened down in, um, in uh, waterways yeah. um, where they, they moved a whole pile of Métis families out also. And, and this is interesting and because uh, Harvey Sykes actually yeah. wouldn't move. Oh, right. oh. And, and he's still there today. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, like this may help them resolve that issue too. Eh? Okay. So, all this is great information. We got to have the facts. And, uh, you know, like this is not something that we feel has to go to uh, any courts or anything. Yeah. But, you know, this is something that we can work out with the municipality. We're very good friends with the the, the council there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, will pull us together a little bit better. And yeah. and we can work uh, on a lot of this stuff to, to move 
forward in that area because there will be some develop development yeah. and there's got to be some kind of recognition of, okay. of what was there in the in the past. Yeah, now and it sounds like they've been pretty receptive to to you guys and to, to dealing with this. So yeah, what what uh, I guess what what are some of the outcomes? That, um has there been anything talked about? Well, well, let's set aside land for you for Métis people now, or is there any? Is there anything like that that's kind of been talked about? or? Well, we've talked about this in the past, and we, we've actually have went and walked around certain areas that um, that we feel would be appropriate. And uh, the, the big thing is Métis have always been on the river. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing we need is access to that river, yeah. you know, for our, our members. Absolutely. I mean, there was a time when, you know, all the guys would come in from Fort Chip, and that's where they'd go to the Sny, and they were able to pull their boats up there, and they were safe. Yeah. You know, and, and today they don't have that. Right. So we're looking for somewhere where that we can, we can provide some of those uh, accommodations that were there in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, when you were talking, um, you know, about what happened in the past, you had mentioned that there was people that actually were arrested during this. Um, so how many, like, was there a number of how many people got arrested during the protests or? Um, well, I don't know the whole, the, yeah the amount of people that they did put in jail. Yeah. Um, I really don't okay. have those that information. But that is one thing, as Bill said, that we're investigating. Okay. Um, because I, I just know for a fact that there were some people, and uh, for sure. I believe Pat Shot was one of them. Okay. That's the only name that I recall. Yeah. Because he was close. Wow. He was my husband's uh, yeah. uncle. And you said there wasn't much from your media coverage as far as, you know, not from provincial-wide or national. Not that I remember. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got to uh, think, too, that, you know, that was a different time. Yeah. Those were the 70s. Yeah, 1970s. Yeah, yeah. around 1970. I would say my girls were born 1975, maybe, 77. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the exact date, but another, uh, that the, today has the story when yeah. they were evicted. For so. sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like my earliest memories were when my dad, uh, and this would have been probably uh, sometime in the early 60s, okay, in mid-60s, uh, that because uh, I, I, we'd come from Uranium City during the summer holidays for mm-hmm. our visit grandmothers, yeah. grandparents and cousins, and, and uh, we'd go walking down there. My dad would go visit all his friends, and there was, there was some relatives there. The one that really... Uh, I think about lots is uh, Bobby Armit. Mm. You know, he was he had a little place down right in the willows there, and I still recall the the, the dog team he had. He had huge oh, wow. dogs. Hey, eh? like they were uh, something else. And uh, him and his wife, and and there was uh, uh, a son too. I think his name is, is Robert Robert Armit. Sounds familiar. Yes, yeah. yes. So I think so I there's he's yeah. still alive too, eh? and, and we're looking to track him down to get an interview. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's you know, while some were um, definitely a little uh, you know uh, wooden shacks, but uh, you know there was people that lived in tents, eh? mm. and and uh, yeah. like I said, there was they'd have wall tents mm-hmm. and yeah. whatnot. Eh? So for sure, yeah. So it was uh, something that we're going to really get down to and and find out and you know get the story out. Make yeah, sure absolutely. It's uh, accurate. And you, you mentioned a time, you were, it's very time sensitive. You said something in September, I think. We want it done by September in that, yeah. uh, you know, like uh, there is um, uh, our Métis consultation policy that's going to be going to cabinet. And 
you know, like this is uh, good evidence that we can put forward to on, okay. on uh, you know, some of the stuff that's happened. Yeah. Now, where does the province stand on all of this? Like, I know you've mentioned you're working with the municipality, but does the province come in at some point into this and have a role to play or are they involved now or? So far, there hasn't been. Okay. But, uh, you know, like this is the whole purpose be- behind these um, uh, researchers that they're in the archives looking for all this stuff. And yeah. You know, requesting certain documents, so for sure, yeah, yeah. I guess it would depend on what your research shows would be, yeah, depending on what role Alberta plays. And well, and and that's the whole thing. I know that right now there's there's probably a little bit of finger pointing going on, and uh, <laughs> with you know yeah. there, there was industry, there was development, there was all all that stuff, and uh, until we actually have the information, you know, like for we sure. don't want to blame anyone because we do. Um, we do have uh, agreements with uh, some of those industry players, and yeah. and we certainly aren't out to uh, do a smear campaign. Yeah, well, and I think it's uh, you know I think it's great that you mentioned that you're not this, you're you don't see this being a court issue. Um, so, and I think that's encouraging. I think a lot of things can be solved without the legal system necessarily. But well, something like this, if it were to go to court, it would be years. Yeah, and and my whole thing is there's still elders alive today that uh, need resolution on this, and yeah. Uh, you know, I don't believe that, uh, you know, doing, like I said, a smear campaign and yeah. taking it through the courts that uh, it's going to help anybody. Yeah. So I guess um, what would be the, the ultimate goal um, once the research comes out? What what do you guys think would be, um, would it just be an apology or would it be kind of an apology and, and maybe, like, well, I guess, what would be your ultimate outcome? Well, like I said, it, it's it's all about that truth and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we're very clear that uh, there'll never be reconciliation unless there's a land transfer. Yeah. Okay. And would you, like, um, I mean, I, you mentioned along the river, is there, are you looking for a similar size or is it just kind of, that's to be negotiated later? We'll yeah, that would be something that we'd talk about once once all the facts are on the table. Okay. All right. Um, is there anything else about Moccasin Flats that you guys, um, I guess, want people to know about or want... Want, want, want everybody that's listening to the podcast to know, at least. Well, like I said, um, uh, if, if there's anybody out there that uh, that has been impacted, that yeah. has information, you okay. know, we'd like them to contact us and, and get it down on paper. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And we'll put a, a link um, to you guys uh, um, in our the description of the show so that people can click on there. And get your contacts, emails you, and that kind of thing. Um, now, as far as what you guys are doing up here in Fort McMurray, like I know the Region 1 has been in the news a lot lately. Um, Fort Mackay's bought land and stuff like that. So it's been in the news. Um, just, I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about what are some of the, I guess, the latest things that you guys are moving forward with as as a community, as an organization. Um any big announcements or anything like that? Or? Well, of course, you heard we bought the land here. We're sitting <laughs> yes, today. yes, I did hear that. And yeah. uh, that was that was something that we really worked hard at because we we've had many of our elders that have passed who yeah. worked on the same thing and it was never ever accomplished. Eh? So it was a big feat, and uh, it was done because of uh, what we got here is a great board that works together. Mm-hmm. We've we've been able to hire some awesome staff, yeah, and. Um, you know, we're, we're in the process of uh, building up our membership. Mm-hmm. We're, we're over 400 members right now. Wow. But we intend to be, you know, up 
over 500 before we're through. Wow. And there's a possibility of uh, if things go the way um, the talks on, uh, you know, historic Métis, mm-hmm. we, we have in the thousands, but they don't live here, eh? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's that's always something that we want to um, ensure that uh, we keep building, keep working uh, towards the future yeah. for our youth, ensuring that our elders are taken care of today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's that's mainly what our focus is here at 1935. Wow. So what are what's some of the first things, um, I guess, once the land sale transfer or whatever goes through? What is, I guess, some of the first priorities for you guys? Is it like you're talking youth and seniors? Is that well, the, the, those kinds of things? Funny you should mention that because, you know, like that cultural center that yep. we want to see built. Yeah. We got a place to build it right here. Perfect. You know, and and when we did our community uh, research on it, uh, what the people want to see, we want to see affordable daycare. Mm. We want to see uh, accommodation for elders. Right. And uh, we want to ha- make sure that uh, we capture the history of the area of the Métis. Wonderful. Wow, that would be amazing. Um, and so, Gail, um, is there anything, I guess, from your perspective that, uh, I guess, any things you want to let people know about what you guys are doing up here? or, or? Uh, Yes, um, just to uh, back up Bill. Um, Bill is, for one, alluded to his family. He is known as a rights-bearing community holding people in this community as a Métis family. Mm-hmm. We've Since we've, been, we've uh, conducted a research, we have a professional doing that with us, okay. As well as we did a membership drive um, uh, started in February, and we we really increased our membership. Um, one of the criteria here is to be a member of the MNA, which is Métis Nation of Alberta. Yeah, they get that card and they become a member with us, okay. uh, provided they live in this area. Um, and, and and but we do take them on as an associate member, uh, just to to pursue their genealogy with our researcher. Okay. So we've discovered. She said it, it, we've made her her life so easy because we've already done most of the work. We've had people come in and resign and and declare an oath that uh, we here as our Métis local 1935 are able to legally represent them if we have to in court. Mm-hmm. For instance, for a land claim. Uh, but Métis harvesting rights is important yeah. coming up for us. That's a big one. Consultation um, policy. We've really diligently been working on that for years, and um, especially this past couple of years. Yeah. And uh, so we're looking forward to that being uh, finalized. Um, I'm very proud of the Métis local here for the things that they do. Yeah. We have um, it, at the cultural center will really enhance our um ability to have more programming mm-hmm. right now we have a, a a cree chat club that people can come and sit and speak the language you don't have to speak cree but come and have yeah. a coffee and we oh, have potlucks wonderful. we have that every week we have cree beading where i've actually made a, a pair of gloves with beading my first nice. be- beading work yes very nice <laughs> it's not as hard as people think it is but it's just takes time right yeah patience it's a it's a finite um thing but yes. we have a lot of people at that club okay we have our uh, Métis festival which was a v- big success we just had our 14th one um a week ago last week okay that was huge and uh very well uh attended event over 2,000 people wow yes and we bring in school bus loads of kids and they learn um from the grade four five and six area era about our Métis culture nice we, w- we will offer jigging we will offer we, we we have a few ideas even for entrepreneurship like we'd like to offer a perhaps um doing hides which has become a lost 
um, mm, yeah. um, thing of the past, which For you have sure. to go to commercial. We could set something like that up. We'd like to have an elders um, drop-in center where okay. they can just come and and um, enjoy each other. Yep. Uh, uh, my vision is to have a little media room in in the cultural center, which documents on a say a documentary or a video of some kind, yeah. which can um, um, chart our progress as Métis people from the early 1500s. Yeah. And so it's it, it's there are a lot of ideas. We did a feasibility s- a research with Acon, and it it proves that the people here are willing to uh, back us with this cultural center. Yeah. Our industry is already backing us. Have we've already set funds w- from them? Yeah. Uh, w- when it happens, but this we weren't doing anything till we purchased the land, so that was huge. Yeah. We call this now, and actually, Bill coined the word term, uh, the year of, of the Métis McMurray local, right because on. we've had so many so many good things coming to us still. That's fantastic. And, and we'll st- we'll keep fighting. We're not finished. Yeah. Well, so how how big of how much land did, were you the guys able to buy? It's wow. just it's over nine acres. Wow. Almost 10 acres. Wow. For a That's... decent price. And the price isn't confidential because I thought it was at first because I was asked <laughs> that by another uh, interview. And I said, well, that's kind of private. But then I was standing beside uh, Minister Sandra Jansen at the time. And she said, oh, no, she said, it's out there. We, they only paid $803,000 for yeah. this nine acres. So can you imagine in this Fort McMurray oh, area yeah. to have um, put a cap on something um, so magnificent with yeah. such a wonderful price? house for that. You cannot. Oh, yeah. 10 acres. Yeah. Well, we were very fortunate in that, um, you know, we, we had to provide an assessment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to the municipality and we, we asked, well, what are you assessing that property for? Because you got to tax me. Yeah. And that's what they were assessing the property at. Wow. Because it's not commercial. Right. So, so yeah, yeah. you know, we're... Kind of got lucky there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we kind of got lucky on that one, eh? Because yeah. um, just across the road, it's a million dollars an acre. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so Holy we're very God. fortunate that. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> and if you look around, you see the amazing work that our crews have done out yeah. there, leveled the land, took all the stumps out. This was all burnt. We were the first building to go with the wild beast, but uh, wow, we're back here. As you can see, we're um, yeah. we're economical because we didn't purchase it, uh, all this uh, these buildings for that much either. So we right try on. to keep our costs down. We have been squirreling our money away for the purchase of this land, and I'm happy to say we will not be in debt because we can buy it. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this isn't something that came up in the last year. No. Um, have you... <laughs> We've been trying for <laughs> no. a long time to buy the land, and it was a lot more then. Yeah, absolutely. For, even for half, the quarter of what we're getting now. So uh, I guess, um, you know, in here in Alberta, you're always the conservative and NDP. What has been the significant... Has it been a significant difference between the way governments approach or respond to... The Métis, yeah, in your area, the Métis, your Métis local, as far as willingness to work together. Well, I, guess, I on, think on so. We, we've, and, we've sat with the um, yes. late um, <clears throat> Premier Prentice at our last board table, but he didn't do anything. He knew nothing about our al- mm. Aboriginal contents. Yeah. Uh, but with um, the new, this NDP, they, they, their, their ministries have pushed for us. Sandra yeah. Jansen, um, I believe Richard Fian also. So um, yeah, I can let Bill to talk to that more. Okay. Well, I think the big thing there is uh, they've, they've um, endorsed the UNDRIP, which yeah. is the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Yeah. And it just happens that the federal government is doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we've we, we seen that as, um, you know, part of that reconciliation and uh, the opportunity to 
uh, you know, sit down with government, something that, that's uh, taken a long time. We we're uh, a couple years ago, the Daniels case was finally settled after, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it went 17 years. I think so, yeah. And, uh, you know, they finally said Métis are Indians. Yeah. You know, which we've been telling them all the way along. Eh? And, yeah. uh, you know, it was quite funny because they, you know, they wanted to interview us, you know, after the thing come down. And they said, well, you know, that's really great. You you know, guys won. But what would have happened if you would have lost, eh? Yeah. And I said, I guess I'd be a white man. well and that's an interesting thing because i know a lot of what you guys are doing in the progress you've made is more of a provincial like buying the land that's a provincial matter um doing these things uh even the mocks and flats and getting that story out there seems to be even a regional thing somewhat of a provincial thing so it's interesting because the federal government's supposed to have that fiduciary duty but yet it almost seems like everything you negotiate or have to talk to, it's almost a provincial matter. Do you, do you guys, I guess, well, I find think a lot the same of that, thing? Well, I think a lot of that was because of the, in 1930, the Natural Resource Transfer Act, you know, yeah. uh, played a big part in uh, the feds giving it to the province. Eh? Yeah. And it, it's always been a problem for the Métis here because uh, in when they did the treaties in 1899, um, they, they were given a script too at the same time. Yeah. But there was no land surveyed here. <laughs> so they wouldn't give any land unless it was surveyed. Right. So, of course, you know, there was some fraud that happened there in that, uh, you know, you'd be issued a piece of paper that you had to go to Edmonton to register at the land office. Yeah. And then they would give them land. At that time, I believe they were saying it was in Moose Jaw. And I think there was some area in Hannah, Alberta. Oh, okay. So... You know, here's where people were living, their families and that, and they were going to do this. Yeah. Uh, it didn't make sense, eh? Well, and totally different to geography. I mean, you're moving yeah. from here down to the prairies. It's So the other thing different. that happened was uh, in 1938 when they did the the Settlement Act, eh? Yeah. And uh, they built, they put, there was supposed to be 12 settlements, but all of them were in the, in the south and out uh, uh, west, eh? Yeah. Yet there was no settlement ever given here. So that's why you hear every once in a while they, we talk about unceded uh, Métis territory. Mm. And uh, this is an issue that we have to get resolved, you okay. know, uh, sooner than later. Right now, we, you know, we've been able to build capacity here. And it's been a lot to do with the relationships we built with uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you'll hear stuff, how we support the pipeline. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it kind of... Um, goes against a lot of uh, other First Nations thinking, but uh, we also have very close ties with the First Nations here, yes. and they support the pipeline. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, you know, really uh, unique in, in one way. Mm. Um, the way we were able to build capacity was the fact that we hired people that knew the regulatory system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, that was one way to get industry to the table and if you had uh, statements of concern and if they were you know made sure that you hit the right timelines and they followed the right points that um, you could actually get standing at a hearing yeah so we we were able to do that back in 2005 and um, we did it uh, a few times actually and we were able to make some agreements out of it so there's where we started building our capacity and uh uh, finally being able to staff up the office right. and, you know, to this point to where we are able to buy our land. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like we will continue to uh, 
be very transparent in all our dealings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about integrity in, in everything we do here. Yeah. So I think that's what uh, government and industry are interested in, is being able to say that they're talking to a credible group. Yeah. Eh? And uh, not only that, they, they'll show you the our audit is, is out there all the time. And Absolutely. Uh, it's it, we follow everything to a T. Our auditor is actually one of the best in, in Alberta for nonprofits, and uh, he's actually a professor at university. Oh, wow. So, yeah. you know, that's that's what we figure, you know, go through, get the best so that if there's for ever sure. anything that uh, is being um, not done right, we yeah. can get right on it and fix it before it, it gets to be a problem. Absolutely. Um, I And I don't want to pry too much, but um, I know in, before the podcast we were talking briefly, and um, you guys are not government-funded. No, in, in no government way, funds right? at all. Actually, yeah. when, when they come up here to talk consultation and all that, yeah. we provide the, the office and uh, we also provide lunch. Okay. Yeah, and that's, so that's, I mean, that's an amazing thing in and of itself because I think a lot of times people just think uh, Indigenous people, oh, well, they're, they just get all this government money, but you guys are doing all these things and it's through the industry agreements and things like that. that you industry agreements, yeah. Um, we're just, getting involved into the joint ventures that um, mm-hmm. that uh, the First Nations have had opportunity at. Yeah. and uh, But more, you know, like we've been given uh, a few of our industry partners have, have done these uh, impact benefit agreements with us. Okay. And, and that's where we get most of our uh, uh, funding to oh. build a work at the office here. Yeah. Yeah, we get nothing from our Métis Nation of Alberta office, uh, not a dime. Wow. Not a penny. No, it, we're all self-sufficient, each local. Yeah. And um, that's why we, um, you know, we find it a blessing actually to be able to work with industry. Mm-hmm. And we do try to communicate on a, on a you know, amiable level. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had to uh, submit, of course, SO statements of concern, they call them. But um, it yeah. brings them to our table Yeah. Um, until we get this consultation policy where they will have to it, uh, consult with us. Um, it's been a, a tough battle, actually. It's been yeah. a we we've had to go after industry, and uh, but uh, they've come forward and they and they um, work out agreements with us. Yeah. That's how we are self sufficient. But we also um, do a lot of other things to get our own money. We generate uh, money from our um, annual yearly golf festival. Oh, okay. that, that money goes towards. We have a bursary um, application. Students can get up to three thousand per per um, term and wow. we've been so successful with that and that tournament that we've managed to we're, we're, we've climbed up to a one million dollar giveaway uh, this summer Holy cow. To, to students yes wow. we put a lot of students including my great grandson when he first started in his electrical yeah um the trades and uh, we're going to start helping the trades on again i believe but um yeah we do that um all of our all of our um, functions, such as our festival, our annual Christmas dinner, those things come with a lot of legwork. We don't just mm. we don't just pick that out of our funding. We um, people like Corey, um, they go after industry, and we get sponsorship from them for, to hold those events. So yeah. that helps us supplements our um, putting all, all of our eggs in the basket. Yeah. So uh, it, it but it again it takes hard work and it takes oh, sure. um, communication. I yeah. think is the big word here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and, and they're mostly happy to do it. Yeah. Mhm. Right on. The other activity that I'm really uh, <laughs> proud that we're able to do is of course our summer students. And yeah. this started a few years ago in that uh, after the wildfire 
um, out of the blue, I get this call from the Minister yeah. of Labor in from Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, she says, I got 100 students if you want them. Wow. I said, oh, my God. You know, we... <laughs> So, of course, we, we right away, we got it right at it because it was already late into the year. We had to have, have them work for six weeks. Mm-hmm. But we were able to get 67 students uh, working that summer. Wow. And uh, last year, we had uh, 56 students. Wow. But uh, this year, uh, on our um, uh, application to, for, for students, uh, we were only able to secure 15 because there was uh, a similar wildfires and those summer students were going to be offered to uh, the fire wildfires in BC. Eh? Oh, yeah, okay. But, of course, uh, Métis Nation of Alberta stepped up, uh, Rupert's Land, and they yep. had another 10 students. So this summer, we're glad to say that we're going to have 25. Wow, that's awesome. And they, they work in the kind of wildfire kind of protection? No, no they'll be working. Uh, a lot of the stuff we're, we're going to be... Uh, as you noticed, all those uh, trees, they're going to all be knocked down. They've got to be oh, hauled okay. out. Okay. Uh, there's still a lot of um, uh, uh, blueberries and uh, uh, raspberries and strawberries that yeah. are in that area. And we want to yeah. see if we can get one more crop out of them before we uh, think about any kind of construction there in the next oh, okay. winter. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have any last comments that you want to let our listeners know about well just that the jig is up (laughs) (laughs) yeah the jig is up we are out there we are loud and clear uh, and transparent as uh, bill said and uh, we're we're you know we're proud metis and we're going to um, resolve this once and for all lay it to rest and uh, so that in history that it gets right about the moccasin flats and the evictions and um you know, we go forward. We're, we're, we're always talking about go forward. And for sure. we're hoping this will be the year of the Métis for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's wonderful to hear such positivity coming out, especially about something that really was quite negative in the past. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with that. So, All right. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time today to, uh, to sit down with me. So uh, yes. thank you very much. Thank you for having us. All okay. Right. Thanks, Darcy. Thanks. Well, I want to thank our guests for being on the show today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And until uh, next week, the jig is up. You are the spark that's starting a fire that will spread across this land. And it will be a fire that doesn't burn, but a fire that cleanses. A fire that ignites in our hearts and creates light.